Welcome to our first uh, actual episode of the Ghoul Scouts podcast. My name is Ashley and I am joined by Jen. Hi guys. (laughs) And so uh, last time we just kind of introduced ourselves and this time we are going to be discussing urban legends. And I know that we have some good ones. I think Jen kind of scared herself a little bit while she was researching. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just, I read it, like, Mm -hmm. I think because we we had been like, oh, let's do this for the next episode. So it was already late after we Mm -hmm. recorded. And I'm like, let me go see what I can find. (laughs) And then I was like, well, not sleeping. Cool. Where's the Disney movie? (laughs) Because that's how I deal with, like, if something's a little too scary, um, I put on Disney, so you know that's what I used to do too. I used to do, <laughs> especially Disney movies, because you know they're just so wholesome. You know, there's nothing going to be scary about them. Yeah, <laughs> Over like or something, something, something cartoony and like not heavy at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly. <laughs> so hopefully we don't uh, scare each other too much here. Uh, but we're going to go over some urban legends. I know that we each have one from the area that we're currently living in. Um, uh, and then I have two from Florida. I think, Jen, you have one from at least one from Florida. Yeah, I have one from Florida and then I have two from South Carolina. Okay. All right. Good. Um, so uh, if you want to start us off with your first one. Okay, so I mean, should I start here? I feel like okay, so, or should I just save it, or should we <laughs> save the, or, or should blah, blah, blah. Uh, <laughs> or should we save the big boy for last? Because the Florida one I have is a little bit. There's, I tried to like pare down the details, but there's just so many things with that <laughs> one that I'm like, okay, this, so I'll start. I'll start with the one that creeped me out. I guess. Okay. All right. Um. So, in so when I was doing the research, I think there was a few. Um, I'm in what you can would consider upstate South Carolina, so like heading towards North Carolina, I can literally drive about hour forty five minutes or so and be in North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, so the ones I found are mostly like the southern coast um, mm-hmm. or the southeastern coast. Like, well, they they wouldn't have the west coast, but anyway. Um, yeah. So like Charleston area. Um, so I'm going to start with, like I said, the one that creeped me out. Just, I don't know (laughs) if it's the name or one of the particular sites that I found info on, um, Mm -hmm. which it's actually called, it's like a WordPress one and it's scares and haunts of Charleston. Um, one of the pictures I just, I literally like, as I was reading it, just put my hand over it because it's staring Mm -hmm. at you. (laughs) um and it creeped me out and I was so how my apartment is like the living room area and the little dining room area where I work and usually do my craft stuff and work on my computer the glass door like the sliding glass door is like directly across from it Mm -hmm. (laughs) and because my dogs chewed up some of the blinds um like 
if, some, if somebody wanted, they could probably be standing there watching me. So I think the combination of it being late, me oh reading that and being like, is this, <laughs> is this bitch watching me was kind of what did it for me. So yeah. without further ado, I introduce you to uh, the boo hag um, that is, uh, that haunts North and South Carolina. So um, the boo hag is part of, and I'm, I hope, hopefully I'm saying it right, but if not, feel free to correct me, is um, the Gula culture. So mm-hmm. what that's from basically, um, it's, it's African heritage. So like with the slave trade and everything and them um, mm-hmm. and enslaved people coming in through there, um, you know, a lot of them brought their own tales and urban legends and beliefs and, and all that. And mm-hmm. the boo hag was one. Uh, so basically and part of me is like oh that's sleep apnea but (laughs) (laughs) so basically it's saying you know if you wake up and you feel like you haven't slept at all you like feel exhausted you may have been Mm -hmm. visited by a boo hag so Mm -hmm. what the boo hag does um so actually let me describe her first because this picture is just um so basically the boo hag where's the good description of it i should have made better notes i'm sorry um so basically they don't have any skin they're red and veiny and Mm -hmm. like this the picture in this one um it's like them looking through a keyhole um and just a little little creepy eye so where they come from though is what i think is interesting i'll get into what they do exactly so Mm -hmm. um one of the beliefs that the ghoulas hold is that people have both a soul and a spirit. And mm-hmm. uh, they believe the soul leaves the human body upon death. And if it's a good soul, it ascends to heaven. But the spirit of a person has a different function. So a good spirit stays behind and watch over the deceased family. So, you know, ancestors and stuff. And I actually think that's a pretty cool belief. Um, but a bad spirit, on the other hand, is a boo hag. And it says the boo hag uses witchcraft to mani- manipulate people and steal energy from the living while they sleep. So and they literally have a saying like, don't let the boo, ra- the boo hag um, ride you. Cause like when they're mm-hmm. riding you, they're stealing your energy. It's almost, they're kind of like vampires basically. Right. They're undead beings that feed off the energy of humans. Um, so to survive in the world of the living, they, will steal a living person's skin and wear it like clothes so they can move amongst the living without suspicion. And at night they shed their skin and go looking for victims to ride. There's even another um, interesting story. If you look online for it um, Mm -hmm. about a man realizing he married a boo hag. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's creepy. So Basically, um, boo hags can get into your house through very small openings. Hence, there's that picture of it looking through the keyhole. They can come in through the keyhole or a crack in the wall. And once Mm -hmm. inside, they will sit on the victim's chest and steal their breath um, to steal their energy. And they will ride their victim all night long and sneak away before dawn to return to their skin. And But there's, Mm. there's ways to... Um, keep it away but another thing before we get to that um is that if you wake up when the boo hag's feeding you they will kill you and steal your skin 
So well, that's not nice. Yeah. And that's so I'm just like, and then you had told me the story about the creepy thing in bed with you. So I was like, Mm-mm, that's what it was. <laughs> that had to be it traveled down to Florida for vacation or something. And I guess I don't know, but that was creepy. <laughs> so yeah, a lot of things. Um, so and then it says warning signs to let you know that a boo hag is close. The air will become mm-hmm. very hot and damp. And it will smell like something is rotten, rotting. Um, so they do have weaknesses. They do. They're repelled by indigo blue. Um, so if you go outside and paint the tops of your windows and frames indigo blue, or paint your door blue, um, they won't be able to get through those windows or that door. Oh, so I, I sorry. Oh no, you go. I want to interrupt a little bit. Yeah. So there is. Um, that's a very southern thing. Um, I, a lot of. I wouldn't say a lot, but um, it's I've seen it a lot where people will paint their the the roof of their porch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the the underside, you know, when you're actually in it, you look up and you see the ceiling of it. Uh, they call it paint blue, uh, and it's and it's to ward off bad spirits mm-hmm. uh, and also spiders. Uh, so if you see a, a porch like that with the with the ceiling blue, uh, check. Because there's probably not going to be any spiders. <laughs> and uh, that color is is said to um, keep away negative energy as well. Uh, so you you see that a lot, especially in the South. Um, and there's there's some other things that go along with that, mm-hmm. but that's a specific color blue. Yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Yeah. And then so in other things like similarly to a lot of you know evil spirits. Um, they're also uh, salt is a good repellent. However, you know, you can't just, mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, Oh, that bitch is a boo hag. You can't be like going around throwing salt on people. Um, <laughs> so I, I know there was in that story about the husband um, figuring mm-hmm. out his wife's a boo hag. He, f- so she would get up in the middle of the night and be gone. And I guess he found her skin and salted it and she couldn't get back oh. into it once it was salted. Um I didn't get to the end of it, though, so you'll have to look online or we'll have to discuss her another time. But um, another thing you can do is put a straw broom or um, across the doorway um, or have it nearby or a hairbrush with a lot of bristles. Apparently, mm-hmm. <laughs> boo hags are OCD and like to they have to count everything. So if there's a bunch of bristles, they want to count all the bristles or you can even if you don't have a brush or broom with a bunch of bristles, you can even put a colander by your bed. <laughs> It'll, oh, really? So supposedly that will distract them um, long enough for dawn to come and then they'll have to go back to their skin. So oh, wow. <laughs> what's funny though is like after I read that, like, and I was like, okay, so I have those, um, I have like a bigger cinnamon broom, like you got, you know, during, around Christmas time or whatever. Mm-hmm. I have one hanging up in the other room, but um, I have little tiny mini ones and one's like around <laughs> my, like by my altar and other one. I just like, I had gotten an extra for some reason and I just hung it up over by my bedroom door. Um, <laughs> don't know why, but uh, it's staying there now. So just in case Girl, I got to, gonna come into your don't you sit now and be like, Oh, hell no. No, she's going <laughs> to, Maybe I should count all the leaves on my plants too and just leave me the hell alone. <laughs> but also part of me was like, maybe this was 
Um, I mean, it definitely could be true. Who knows? But yeah. also, like, maybe that was something to describe sleep apnea. I don't know. I don't know why sleep apnea uh, stuck like in my head. Paralysis. Oh, yeah, that too. That was the other one. Thank you. Because I've had, I've <laughs> suffered from sleep paralysis before, uh-huh. and I've woken up seeing shit. And it's so creepy and unsettling. Um, but supposedly, yeah. like, it's literally just your body woke up before the your brain chemicals were, like, allowing it to move. <laughs> um, but it's still creepy. Joe, uh, Joe, my fiance, he also has some really good stories about that. But oddly enough, his are more, like, aliens rather than anything creepy <laughs> we'll have to we'll have to tell those stories too. yeah no we should definitely discuss those because i i did not see aliens <laughs> but it was creepy um so we'll leave it at that but so that's my my first of my two South Carolina stories. Ooh, the boo hag. The boo hag. Very interesting. I definitely recommend people to go look that one up. Yeah, it's a uh, very good story. Yeah, there's actually, <laughs> I think it's like a PBS link. Um, let me see. It was mm-hmm. in my list. Uh, sorry. That's <laughs> why, like, when I'm browsing. <laughs> yeah, because there's like, it's a lady in North Carolina actually talking about yeah. it and I wish I could find it. But yeah, just just look it up. And you could even look up the story like Mary to Boohag or something like that. And you probably mm-hmm. would find it. Because there's a <laughs> lot of different stuff I found on her. Oh, I bet. I bet. That's a really good one. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and go through mine. So I live in Arizona right now. Um, and so I had never heard of this before. I met my fiance and he is, he is Apache. So I guess a lot of native Americans and people who live in the Southwest in general, um, they believe in creatures called skinwalkers. So I'm going to go ahead and start off with a story. So I know I I kind of spoiled it. (laughs) So in June of 1987, the mutilated body of Sarah Sagantisto, was found in a rocky area behind where she worked at the Flagstaff Medical Center. So Flagstaff is in Arizona. And George Abney, a professor at Northern Arizona University, was arrested that September and tried for her murder. Part of the woman's left breast had been bitten off, and the prosecution offered testimony that the bite marks matched Abney's teeth. The defense countered the circumstances surrounding her slaying suggested a skinwalker witchcraft murder, including a broken stick left across her neck, as well as a clump of grave grass found next to her pickup truck. Abney's attorneys first tried to implicate the girl's former boyfriend on the flimsy basis that he was a member of the Native American church. But investigation proved that the man in question was at a sweat lodge in Tuba City on the night of her murder. Nonetheless, Abney was acquitted. Did a guilty man go free or do murdering skinwalkers sometimes prowl Arizona? So, skinwalkers are generally... uh, Skinwalking in general is usually considered to be witchcraft. Um, You're going to find these creatures usually in the southwestern area. 
Um, but they, you know, maybe they could appear in other places too. You never know. Maybe they're a distant relative. Um, <laughs> that sounds almost. <laughs> uh, so generally they um, will look kind of weird. They'll usually look misshapen or uh, when they're in their human form or, you know, have some sort of deformity. Um, and then they can turn into basically any animal that they want to. Um, you know, you're going to find a lot of uh, owls, wolves, things like that. Um, and I know that my, my fiance, Joe, he, his dad had a story and I'm going to kind of tell that one a little bit real quick. Uh, so his dad and one of Joe's cousins were out working and they do, you know, blue collar work. And they stopped at a diner and they saw this old woman who was sitting nearby and they, and she was just mean mugging them. She was just staring at them and she looked very disfigured. She looked like maybe she had some burn scars on her face and they didn't think anything of it too much. I mean, she gave them the creeps a little bit, but she just had it out for them. Like she just would not stop staring. So when they left, it finally did give them the creeps. They're like, huh, I wonder about her. She might be a witch. So she, they get back to their hotel room. And by this time, they both talked themselves up enough that um, one of them, you know, takes out a gun. And he's like, all right, I'm going to sleep with a gun. I'm, I'm, I'm scared now. So they lock the door, make sure the windows are locked, everything, and they're in for the night. They wake up, and the door is wide open. Like, they locked this door. Why is the door open? (laughs) And it is. some people do believe that skinwalkers can also curse you. And, you know, my my soon-to-be father-in-law hasn't had the greatest help. So maybe it could have been because of her. You never know. (laughs) So they tend to feed off of fear. Um, I know that another one of Joe's cousins had stories about driving back to the res at at night. And they could see, um, they could, they could see forms that were running really fast next to them. Uh, which is another characteristic of skinwalkers is they they can run. Um, so you never know. Yeah. <laughs> that could have been, they, you know, people see a lot of things in the desert at night. So, I, you know, maybe it was in their mind. Maybe they were just tired. But maybe it was a skinwalker. So creepy. And the last thing I really want to point out is uh, the whole lore with skinwalkers is if you talk about them or you say that you don't believe in them, they know. They they somehow hear you and they will seek you. Damn it, Ashley, why are we talking so, about them then? I know. You son of a, you tricked me. <laughs> so be careful when you're in the Southwest and look oh. out for skinwalkers. <laughs> okay. So I thought I okay. So that makes me think about something I saw on TikTok. On the TikTok. On the tic tac, that all the kids have run. Tell me it was the horse. Um, no, it was. They were talking about. We have to get back to that. No, they were talking about something like, you know, it, it was kind of, and this is probably like would be a whole another conversation, but like 
you know, hey, if you think appropriating culture is cool and, you know, doing all these um, indigenous mm-hmm. practices, uh, sleep with your blinds open or some stuff like oh, that. Is yeah. that a, that's, that's, sleep that, with your- that has to do with them, right? Or no? Is it another one? Is that kind <gasps> of, um, there's, a, there's a couple of different um, pieces of lore, uh, legendary figures. The um, I think the window open, I, I'm, I hope someone corrects me if I'm wrong, but um, I'm pretty sure that has to do with the basket lady. Uh, so that's the story. We'll no, I'm going to worry about that. <laughs> I'm, I'm stressing tonight. I know you are. Yeah. So which Disney movie are you going to watch? So <laughs> I might actually, so I don't, it's not Disney. I think it's, um, but home Rihanna does the voice in home. it. And the dude that plays Sheldon from the big bang theory is the alien. Oh yeah, I love that movie. Yes. that's a good And the one. cat reminds that's me of my old cat. So that's like a comfort movie for me. <sighs> that's going to be on later. And don't whistle Stop. at night either. Oh, that was the other thing they said. Yeah, like go outside and whistle at night and, and then leave your blinds open. And I'm like, well, why would I do? And I'm never going to do any of that ever again. Yeah, don't leave your Not that I ever did that. Open. But you know what? I'm a Florida girl. And sometimes when the weather is nice, I have to have my window. So I, I grew up in Florida, yes. But I'm also paranoid. And I live on the first floor. None of that's going to happen. Yeah. So my blinds are shut. I think I've always had like a creepy thing about like, what if somebody is watching me and I can't see them because it's dark outside. Oh my God. What was that? What was I, that noise? I don't know. Oh, I... Sorry. <laughs> Speaking of Florida, I, um, I know that you have, do you want to do your next one on Florida or do you want to do or are we staying in South Carolina uh, I think I'm going to stick to South Carolina for this one um, just because it's okay. this one's a little bit more um, it's not super long um, but it was just kind of one of those like it was just it was just creepy um, yeah and also kind of like you know a, a worst fear kind of thing um so mm-hmm. we're now gonna mosey on down to a disto beach i don't know if that's down or up on the coast but this um as a disto <laughs> island um so there is the legend of julia Laguerre. i don't know if i'm saying that right mm-hmm. um so there is let me see. Okay, so there is the Adisto Island Presbyterian Church, but more specifically, we're going to the graveyard. And it's um, oh, one of the most popular haunts in that area. Um, I found quite a few accounts of this. Now, one weird mm-hmm. thing is, uh, like, like, for example, this particular article um, kind of alludes to her being a child. Um, another one was mm-hmm. like, she was a young woman so could be you know anywhere from like probably like 10 to 20 um doesn't really say but this was back in the mid 1800s um and julia laguerre was visiting family on the island and became very ill and slipped into a coma and you know the family was waiting for her to come out of it and she never came out of it and the physician declared her the young girl dead. So this is young girl. And then, um, Mm -hmm. and back then 
because we didn't have, you know, the embalming and this, that, and the other thing, burials happened and all that very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. So basically, they laid her to rest the same day she was declared dead after, you know, her family said their goodbyes. Um, and she was laid to rest in the family's mausoleum. And then after she was placed inside the crypt, the marble door was shut and secured, uh, securely locked. And, uh, you know, it was difficult, but her family tried to move on and, and all that until about 15 years went by. And there was another death in the family, which required, you know, if you have a family mausoleum, then they would, you know, put you in with the rest of your family. Mm-hmm. However, when they opened the mausoleum, rather than finding Julia's remains where they had laid her to rest, her remains were crumpled at the foot of the mausoleum door and she had been buried alive. So oh, what wow. it was believed to have happened was her respiratory rate and her heart rate had dropped so low that the family physician wasn't really able to detect it. And, you know, back then we didn't have the technology we have now. So he had declared mm-hmm. her dead. And since they interred her that day, you know, she was just merely in a coma, not dead, woke up and was locked in the mausoleum and then slowly, you know, probably starved to death basically um so you know that's that in itself quite horrible to realize that your (laughs) your child was um more or less buried alive um so they entombed her once again um and then secure securely closed the door once more and then, still reeling from the horrible discovery at the mausoleum, the girls' family visited the cemetery to pay their respects. But when they did, the door was open. So, you know, they were thought maybe, you know, it hadn't been secured properly at the, at the recent funeral. So they shut it again, locked it, walked away. A few weeks later, a clergyman at the church saw the door was open and ordered it to be closed. This happened again and again and again throughout the decades. Chains, unbreakable locks were used to keep it sealed tight, and they would always break and the door would open. As little as 50 years ago, a door was put on that could only be removed by industrial heavy heavy machinery, and that door was also opened. Not only opened, but completely unhinged from the mausoleum. Oh, wow. Um, so at that point, they just gave up closing it. And to this day, the original door is just crumbled marble next to it and the or in the doorway. Um, so the J.B. Laguerre Muse- Mausoleum um, no longer has a door. You can actually go visit. There's pictures of people that went to go see it. Um, oh, my goodness. And well, you can go right into it. I wouldn't. But you could. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but they believe, you know, now that the door is gone, her spirit can rest. But they do still think she guards the mausoleum just to make sure nobody gets an idea to put another door back on there. Um, because, you know, mm-hmm. it, I think I could definitely understand that. I don't think she has any ill will. It was just like, hey, y- y- y'all killed me. Mm-hmm. So, like, maybe don't put a fucking door on this. So... <laughs> yeah but yeah no i just thought that one was like it was it was just a tragic sad story but 
and well, she just is. but that's also really yeah. creepy so the fact that like a big door became unhinged from it i thought was really creepy but dang ghost mm-hmm. girl's strong <laughs> the south in general i think has just bad oh yeah oh yeah definitely <laughs> Probably biased because we grew up there. (laughs) Well, but I mean, you know, in the South too, there's a lot of other, you know, cultural things (laughs) that we could get into that. Oh, absolutely. Exactly. Bad juju all around. (laughs) Definitely interesting. Did you want to, did you want Uh, to go to one of your, you said you had two Florida ones, right? Yes. Oh, yes, I do. I am super excited about my stories. Uh, So I'd ask you. So before we started recording, I asked you if you'd ever heard of this one. And you said no. And I was very surprised. Uh, So I'm going to kind of go through this one. (laughs) Uh, So between the 1940s and the 1970s, it was a very popular pastime for teenagers to go to this bridge out in seemingly the middle of nowhere. And I've, I've actually crossed this bridge countless times myself, uh, never really seen anything too crazy. Um, but I still believe that this is true. <laughs> uh, so there is, so we have a river that goes through central Florida. Uh, most people, of course, when they see the name, they just they they don't know how to pronounce it it's it's funny seeing people try to pronounce it it's econ like a happy river <laughs> or for short econ <laughs> and it goes all the way through central florida it goes through a little town called oviedo um but this this story is it takes place outside of a little town called chuliota we do and, really learn how to pronounce uh, you, some interesting names down there. Like I think they're all are yes. they all like I think there are like a lot of, you know, Native American ones, I think. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. Lots of names that um have to do with um, you know, that came mm-hmm. from the Native Americans that originally yeah. lived in the area. Um Chuliota doesn't look anything the way it sounds. And you know what? We probably bastardized yeah. it anyway. Um, uh, but that's what it's known as for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so um usually during the warmer months if you go to this particular bridge um right after midnight so some sometime between uh 12 a.m and dawn you're so what you would do is you would sit on the side of the road and you will eventually see these green colored lights that go down the road there can be anywhere between one and five um is but typically people see them in pairs um and what people think is that it it almost looks like car headlights that are traveling down the road Uh, some people see the lights underneath the bridge some people see it above the above the bridge on the road (laughs) and they look just like car lights um so uh, sometimes they stop sometimes they just keep going in a pair um but the story is that um well there's a couple of stories um but for a little while they stopped 
Olympics in the 70s, but they came back uh, much later. And the story is that there were two boys who went to Oviedo High School and they eventually got into Mm. a car accident on that bridge. So the story is that these are their ghosts. They're reliving, reliving their death. And you can see those lights, especially, of course, on Halloween, even though that's not a warm month. Um, But it's a typical pastime for people. It's kind of like a rite of passage for people in high school, especially, to go down and see the Oviedo lights. Um, That particular area is actually still very um, Mm -hmm. rural. So there's really nothing around except cow pastures. (laughs) So I would have absolutely no doubt like that that, yeah. that still happens. Um, I worked not too far from there in a group home and it's, it's very quiet. There's kind of a mysterious vibe to it. Lots of ghost stories in the area uh, that I'll probably recall <laughs> later as well. Um, but if you ever get a chance to go to that area of the world, um, I highly recommend looking for the the Oviedo lights. Um, although it is kind of, I mean, even the University of Central Florida, which is over the, in that area, they went out and investigated yeah. these lights. And their study actually came back hmm. inconclusive. Because they said, oh, well, it's probably just swamp gas. Nope, <laughs> it is not. So swamp gas, if no, if you don't know what that is, it's basically what you get in swampier areas where you have a lot of uh, vegetation. And swamp gas is what happens when all of those um, decomposing plants release gases. Uh, so the gases sort of look like glowing lights, especially yeah. at night. Um, but even the University of Central Florida said, uh, we have no clue what this is. Uh, so who knows? Maybe it is ghost. Yeah. That's, <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't think I've ever heard that one, but that is, that's creepy. I'm so surprised because that is not far from where Right, but I did. Cool. So I went, um, cause we, we both met when I was like living more towards like the well still east of Orlando but more like the winter park area like mm-hmm. I lived close to the, mm-hmm. the rich kids but not quite there um <laughs> but um yeah. so I switched high schools um me and Ashley so we went to the same middle school then she and her family I guess you guys moved right and that's why you switched to university high mm-hmm. school yep. and um through some fun incidents, I ended up having to change high school my senior year. Not through any fault of my own. Uh, <laughs> I wasn't a bad kid, I swear. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. But I uh, ended up moving, not moving, but like switching high schools and basically driving to her high school, even though it was closer to um, the other high school, mm-hmm. to finish out my high school education. Um, so we had senior year together. But um, yeah, no, I didn't hear of it, even that year I was in school. And what's funny, too, is me and Ashley were also on newspaper together and even did like a whole because it was the 13th (laughs) anniversary of the school that year. Um, So we actually Mm -hmm. did. And we should totally talk about later um, a 
because I, I think I was like the like we got to be different editors. I think everybody in the, in the class was an editor, though. But I was like the <laughs> I forget. But we came up with the idea of doing like superstitious and ghosty stuff, of course, um, for like the center spread of the newspaper. <laughs> and we even went on like a ghost tour downtown Orlando. Um, so that was fun. <laughs> but yeah, no, I never heard that one. And I'm surprised because I that should have came up for that. <laughs> yeah. But, oh, that's creepy. That's a good And what's one. funny too is mine also <laughs> has to do with road, like highway. Yes. This is one that I'm I'm I've always been interested in. I have family who used to live in this area. And I love this thing. Um to this day. Uh, you still really can't get mm-hmm. cell phone reception in this area. So this is a yeah. very good story. And um, so this, so my uh, Florida urban legend I'm going to share with you is the I-4 dead zone. Not to be confused with Stephen King's The Dead Zone. Though I haven't seen that, so I don't know if it's... <laughs> <laughs> I say that no, and I feel not. terrible because I am a big <laughs> Stephen King fan, but I haven't read or seen that one. But anyway, <laughs> so the I-4... I-4 is a really, you know, Interstate 4, um, and it runs, like, right through Central Florida. So, like, pretty much, if you're going anywhere around Orlando um, or the surrounding area, like, if you're going to Disney, you probably be on I-4 at some point. Um, yeah, and actually, like, when I drive down to visit, I actually shoot down 95 and then turn on to I-4 to go east to central florida to go see my family um so i go through this part all the time um and when i um what was it 2000 like 2011 2012 i had actually also joined a roller derby team and rather than you know joining a team that was really close by i actually um joined (laughs) the thunder city derby sirens and Sorry, I'm burpy tonight. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> and they're in Deland, I think. It's been it's been a while, uh-huh. um, like ten years. And so I had to. A lot of times, I would take I four um, out um, to our practice and drive right through this area. And I knew, like, mm-hmm. so I'd heard a little bit thing. So there's. When you go through that part of I-4, so you're going east, um, away from Orlando and, like, towards where you would go on 95 and, you know, go, you want to go to Daytona. Yeah. Um, Daytona. And it, the, there's the St. John, John's River. Um, it goes right over the St. John's River. And I had always heard about the a ghost car that could sometimes appear. I've never seen it. Or maybe I have didn't realize it because mm. I can be really aloof. Um, <laughs> but, you know, supposedly <laughs> there was ghost cars that went over there. But I didn't really dig into it. So when um, Ashley brought up like, hey, let's do Urban Legends. I'm like, I'm going to look up the ghost car um, then, uh, over, that goes over the St. John's River Bridge. <laughs> um, so, you know, lo and behold, it's actually has the nickname the I-4 Dead Zone. And with good reason. So... Okay, so I'm trying to figure out how to slice this. So should we go into what happens or why we think it happens? Like what the... 
Okay. Let's go into so with happens. the I-4 dead zone, <laughs> it is notorious for accidents. Um, now, I don't know when the date of this, that this was put in, but basically it says, depending on sources, an estimated 1,048 to 1,740 car crashes at this location have happened since it opened in 1963, um, with a significant number involving fatalities. Uh, and then Florida mm-hmm. State Highway Department records show that in a 24-month period that started in 1995, 44 accidents happened that injured 65 motorists. Um, they blame the unusually high number of crashes, um, due to like congestion on the road, but honestly, like the times I went, it was never congested. Um, Mm -hmm. but, and then also like what Ashley was saying is you lose cell phone reception, um, long haul truckers would say like they'd um where was it <laughs> they're like they'd get static on their radio um some claim to hear uh, where was that i'm trying to look like you know interference they would see ghostly apparitions on the road um hear like laughter or whispering on their radios um just a lot of creepy shit basically mm-hmm. and um, just in, in electronic mac- malfunctions, as well as, like I said, ghost cars, um, or just apparitions of some sort. So there are a couple things. So in one, one article, it did talk about that there is limestone deposits that could be close to the surface causing um, that can because they will absorb radio waves, so that could be the issue with that. But it doesn't really explain why everybody's mm-hmm. crashing and dying here. Um, well, not everybody's dying, but you know. Um, so the history of this area, though, is is it really is kind of crazy. Um, so what happened initially? There was. Uh, a the head of the Florida Land and Colonization Company, Henry Sanford. I'm pretty sure I didn't check into it. I'm guessing of you know Sanford, Florida. That that's probably who that's named after. Um, mm-hmm. So prior to 1880, before he came along here, um, it was just you know a lot of wilderness, you know, and. A sand road that that led to a hand-operated river ferry. And then in 1870, um, it was a part of a large grant owned by Henry Sanford. So um, this little area, he actually sold um, to some Roman, so to these people that made a Roman Catholic colony called, called St. St. Joseph's colony. And this was in 1886. And he had some really big plans um, to unload, unload this land um, and get attract German immigrants to the colony. Um, He even appointed this Catholic priest, um, Felix Swemberg to oversee the settlement. But it basically uh, kind of fell flat on its face. Uh, f- only four immigrant families settled there, 
And then in 1887, so about a year later, an outbreak of yellow fever wiped out four members of one immigrant family. Um, and obviously, you know, fearing that it was contagious, they buried them quickly in the woods north of the railroad. And then Father Swinburg was actually called um, out to Tampa to minister to victim, victims of yellow fever there, but he never made it back to St. Joseph's Colony. Um, and three days later, after arriving in Tampa, he also died of yellow fever. So um, with his death, it says um, the information about who the St. Joseph graves are also went with him. So then... Uh, we fast forward a little bit to 1890, and uh, now the St. Joseph's Colony is the rural town of Lake Monroe. And uh, there was a man named D.V. Warren that purchased the land north of the railroad and cleared it for farming, except this tiny little cemetery. And then another man like it's changed hands a lot um so albert 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 s hawken <laughs> bought the land in 1905 from mr warren and the graves sat like a little island in the middle of the cultivated field but you can no longer see any sort of information on the wooden markers um but look you know everybody left it alone and they they knew that you know some a German family. They they said they would say it was a Dutch family, but they obviously misinterpreted it because it was German a German family. So Deutsch Deutsch. I don't know mm -hmm. how to say it. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> so then, um, you know, there's more. So then, um, Albert Hawkins' wife, Mrs. Hawkins. It doesn't say her first name. I don't think. Um, started leasing the land to other farmers, but then, you know, warn them, warn them to leave that little burial plot alone. But then one farmer tried to remove the rusty wire and wired fence from around the graves. And then his house burned down the same day. In the 1950s, uh, a small boy tried to dig up one of the graves and was killed by a drunk driver the next day. And weird things kept happening like this. Um, the Hawkins home actually um, burned down after Mr. Hawkins uh, removed the uh, wooden markers. And obviously, you know, everybody is blaming the grave and um, mm -hmm. the Hawkins field locally became known as the field of the dead. Um, and it was oral, oral folk history until about 1999. Um, when an old brochure for the St. Joseph's Colony was found by a historian uh, called Christine Kinlaw Best. And, and she was, you know, she kind of, you know, did more research on it. But then before then, um, in 1959, so I'm jumping around a little bit, the land was then purchased by the government so they could uh, construct I-4 that is now standing there. Uh, dur during the survey, um, the four nameless caves were marked for relocation. However, they never actually moved them. So in September of 1960, Fildert was dumped on the graves to elevate the new highway. And thus shit got weird. So at the same time, <laughs> Hurricane Donna, so 
if you're from Florida or, you know, one, one thing that uh, Florida is well known for is getting hit with hurricanes or nearly avoiding them. Um, oh, yeah. Carolinas also get it sometime too. But um, so what happened with uh, Hurricane Donna? It was actually heading um, towards the Gulf Coast and slamming into South Florida. But then she completely changed direction and went right through to construction. Um, As they do. And, <laughs> and she, you know, that it was at the time when it, like a, a really big storm for that area. Um, let me see. It was... Uh, Sorry, <laughs> I have a bunch of notes on it. I'm sorry. Like, I was trying to condense it some. Um, but yeah, so, and another funny thing, too, another article mentioned is Hurricane Charlie also took the same route. I was there when Hurricane Charlie hit. Um, so, and there's oh, been a yeah, lot of apparent storms and tornadoes. Um, tornadoes. <laughs> Sometimes I talk and words <laughs> came out weird. Something that come out in a New York accent. I don't know. Um, <laughs> with them tornadoes. Um, like they all have like gone through this little area. Um, but this, the fact that, you know, they covered it with dirt mm -hmm. and then that hurricane just was like, well, no, I'm going this way. And yeah. So then that happened. Sorry. <laughs> just all my notes. I'm 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 a terrible storyteller. Okay, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it, Hurricane Charlie okay. took the same route. Um, and and it, so, but the Hurricane Donna though, she the the damage that she caused uh, delayed construction of the highway for almost a month. And then, This is a road that has been oh, yes. perpetually under construction. Yeah. I mean, since I was a kid. And <laughs> so this is an area, um, <gasps> you know, that's yeah. it's it's a bridge. It goes it goes pretty far. It's it's a wide part of the river. It's right where the river meets a lake. Um so and you can actually still see yeah. crosses there. Yeah, and apparently, uh, so like where the graves are, is they actually are laying under, I want to say it's like the one of the eastbound lanes. Um, I would not yeah. be surprised and, at all if it was the eastbound whoosh. lane. Um, and also those on and off ramps are yeah. a, lot, a little crazier than most. Um, I don't know if you've ever, I, I'm sure you've Yeah, no, one. I've, like I said, In I would area. go out to Deland, um, so I would definitely pass that area. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I mean, that's basically, okay. you know, there's just been a lot of weird stuff that happens there. And it's, most people think it's kind of like, you know, mm -hmm. polter, or was it polter, yeah, poltergeist where like, don't, don't freaking build shit over people that are dead like don't do that that's not nice and that's disrespectful yeah you at least move them exactly but um exactly and that area has a lot of issues yeah. with flooding which i'm kind of surprised about um because it's, yeah you know there's a zoo right there and i'm like um, just but, just to give you, you know, like how okay. big this area is for all this shit to happen so i force stretches 132 miles through florida mm-hmm this is a quarter mile. 
this is a quarter mile and I'm mm-hmm. sorry my dog's from coast to I had to put her in the crate and she's whining now it's fine yeah you know the only thing i've ever really (laughs) seen there is i just always get a shitload of love bugs in my car anytime i go over the bridge um oh yes love bugs we we, that'll you've got to it's just like i think this one it definitely always (laughs) interested me and the fact that it was like going back to like little settlements and stuff was pretty interesting Mm mm-hmm and Sanford does have a big history with German yeah. settlers, um, you know, immigration there. So, um, you know, we, we went to a German yeah. restaurant there after we reconnected. We had like a little bit of time where we, we didn't talk to each other and yeah. uh, we reconnected there. And that was Is that the Hallback Hall- Hall- Tree Cafe? Um, I love that place. If any of them yes, happen to hear yep. this, um, I love your food. <laughs> Yes, I still. I think I still have my little dust boot somewhere. Um, Maybe I don't know. I've moved around a bit since I moved up here. So, Mm -hmm. that's no every like I've never had a dish there that I didn't love. Like they're really their food's really good, and it's a nice little area too. Like they got this cute little downtown area you can walk around and shop, and um, they have outdoor seating there. so you can take your puppy though if it would be yep fair would be a loud mouth um so i couldn't take her well i could but i have to <laughs> feed her trees we're working on it she's like ma'am what i tell you you gotta be <laughs> you're embarrassing me in front of the podcast all right so i have um the last story that i have for us on this episode is kind of a uh, maybe a preview for a future episode um, we definitely want to talk about this area a little bit more, uh, because it has a, a very deep, uh, deep roots in mediumship. Uh, so lots of, uh, tarot card readers, lots of mediums, uh, psychics and all of that goodness. It's a, it's a very interesting place for sure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I don't know if you've heard of this. I know you've heard of Casadega. Yeah. Uh, so- as soon as you were talking about it, I'm like, oh, so she is going to talk about it. All right. <laughs> uh, but it's a very specific part of Casadega that I, I think mm-hmm. it's overshadowed uh, by the hotel that's in that area. Uh, yeah. So Casadega, I feel, is another rite of passage for most people in Florida. Um, because once you hear about it, it's usually because somebody is like, oh, we went to this place and it was so creepy. Everybody, I'm going to, I'm going to give a big spoiler. It's not nearly as, (laughs) um, like it's not nearly as supernatural. I think as people make it out to be, but it is still a very fun experience and very much a rite of passage. <laughs> I feel like I'm missing out like on all the like rite of passage shit in Florida apparently. Like I well I wanted to go. Yeah. And like, you know, a certain yeah. poopy summit in that didn't want to do anything uh wouldn't go with me. So I guess I'm just next time I go down, maybe I'll just go. You should, you should. I did yeah. it on a whim uh right after a very big breakup. And, you know, I finally had my cards read and I'm glad I did it, you know? <laughs> well, and like even now, like, and not, sorry, not to interrupt. Um, okay. But like, <laughs> even now, like I do my own tarot cards, but we, yeah. I've never had 
really anybody reading for me oh, and I've always wanted it. it done you need yeah because I kind of want I want them to like be like oh my, like freak me the fuck out like yes just, oh my god how exactly. did you know I actually did that to one of my neighbors and I was really so proud of myself yeah like oh, good job yeah <laughs> okay so have you but go um, ahead you've, you've heard of Casadega but have you ever heard of the devil's chair yes um yes. so I was in a um an author's group like a writing group mm -hmm. um that i found on like meetup and why is my like i can't remember her her author name right now um she's a really sweet lady she, and she kind of led the group um mm -hmm. and one of her author pictures she's sitting in the devil's chair and one of her <laughs> books i think is called the devil's chair um you could probably find her books because they're all about casadega actually yeah <laughs> so i you did hear that name because we are yeah. going to talk about quesadiga um, yeah so we'll, we'll we'll bring up her name for sure but you um, go and i'm gonna actually google while i listen <laughs> so i can find her so the devil's chair um so quesadiga is right smack dab next to a an actual town called Lake Helen. Uh, Lake Helen is actually one of the sweetest little towns I've ever been in. And, it, you know, people talk about this area giving off certain vibes. Casadega doesn't do it for me, but Lake Helen does. Uh, Lake Helen gives me good, happy vibes. Um, nothing sinister about it at all. It's just a cute little town. The trees are big and... Um, it's almost like a little hidden away town, but they have a cemetery there. And in the middle of the cemetery, there's, it looks almost like a, a brick barbecue pit, but it's actually a chair. And there's lots of legends that go along with this chair. So I'm going to go with the redneck version first. <laughs> <laughs> what they say is that if you put a, a full can of beer unopened onto the grave next to the chair, uh, it by the morning, it will be completely empty and it hasn't been opened. And it's said that spirits or the devil is, are the ones that, that drink the beer. Um, I don't know how true that is, but if you do go visit the chair, um, <laughs> you do see an awful lot of beer cans around. And I <laughs> kind of always wonder if that's just people just being jerks. Um, but the other thing is that if you sit on the chair, uh, most people say if you sit on it at Halloween, um, you, you know, the devil will come communicate with you. He will show up and sit with you um and the, the chair itself is kind of big it's not just a one person chair you can usually fit two people um in it it's like a little love seat basically it's that big um mm -hmm. but now because you know it's such a popular story they generally have people you know posted there on halloween uh so you can't really do it <laughs> um yeah. but it's you know a lot of people say oh well you can hear voices and things like that of the dead um you know if you go there at night you can generally see dark figures lurking nearby um most people don't really know what they are 
Um, but it's something to, to check out. You can absolutely go up to it. You know, there's no fence or anything like that. Um, but the story is, yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's not so superstitious, you know, not so supernatural. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the, the, um, let's see here, the, the generally accepted story is that a gentleman had a wife who who died unexpectedly um so and and he was a little bit older so he you know wasn't able to sit or i'm sorry stand or kneel so he had this chair built so that he could talk with her and sit with her um Aww. and that's what it's from um yeah you okay over there <laughs> well oh no fair is being a jerk Oh, like her. Is, do you hear all that noise? I'm sorry. I do. So I usually take her dishes out of her crate after she finishes, but I kind of just like, oh, I got to record you go in here and you chill for an hour. And what are you trying to get at? She's like shoving her bowls around, throwing yeah. them around, reaching for like, I guess a thread that's on the floor. Yeah. I don't know. She's being weird right now. <laughs> So anyway, the <sighs> chair. <laughs> um, <laughs> it really has nothing to do with the devil, but you know, it's yeah. in a graveyard. It's it's a little bit odd. Uh, yeah, it's probably where the stories come from. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little suspicious. I had a yeah. friend. Um, I I visited it with a friend at the time, and you know, we took pictures in it in the chair, and I mean, I don't think anything came of it. <laughs> yeah. Um. Oh, and I did actually figure out who it was. So it was, her name's Marie Dees, um, mm-hmm. D-E-E-S. And so she has like a, it looks like there's three books. I don't know that she's written anything recently. I kind of dropped off too. Um, but she has the Casadega Mysteries. And one of the, the third book, it looks like, is called Dancing in the Devil's Chair. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, I knew her from a little writer's group. <laughs> So, hi, Marie, if you happen to somehow hear this. Um, but, yeah, no, so that's that's where I heard of it from, as in she was she was all excited. She did her author picture sitting in it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my last story. We are all out of stories for this particular episode. Um, but we will be back with more. I'm not sure what our next topic is going to be yet. Um, I know we had, like, I, yeah, I don't know if we – haven't settled on anything i know we're talking about like crap that freaked us out as kids yes um but you know we can this like even the urban legends there's so many we could probably do we could probably do we'll be here for a while (laughs) yeah um but we'll definitely definitely try out some different subjects too and you know come back to it we're we're gonna go with childhood fears we're gonna go with the things that scared us as children and uh you know what if you have any stories of your own that you'd like to share with us um definitely uh contact us and we'd be happy to read them on on the podcast um but yeah that should be an interesting one as well there's there's some creepy stuff i think (laughs) and was it the ghoul scouts podcast at gmail yes the ghoul scouts podcast at gmail.com that's our email address and Um, before we sorry yeah, uh, you, may have, you may have been going there as well. Um, before we close, um, where can people find you, Ashley? 
Oh, uh, you can find me everywhere. <laughs> uh, I am on uh, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. Uh, you can usually find me at Pedweg. Uh, that's P like Paul E, D like David, W E G like George, Pedweg. Uh, and I, I'm she's on her. the she's on the Tic Tac. I TikTok am <laughs> with those with those crazy kids. Um, yes. <laughs> and you can find me um i so you can find me pretty much everywhere um under the name one hexy witch um kind of like a sexy witch but also a hexy witch um <laughs> sorry that was really stupid but anyway um yeah yeah <laughs> uh, facebook <laughs> instagram um on the tic tac um <laughs> I think there's a, oh, and I have an Etsy shop. I did put it on vacation right now, but it'll be back up soon. Um, I need to do that. <laughs> yeah. That, well, yeah, because I just, well, I was thinking, I was just going to do it till I figured out the machine, which I figured it out pretty much. Um, <laughs> Silhouette Cameo 4 is pretty awesome, and it's pink <laughs> and cute, so. Um, <laughs> but I kind of was thinking, too, like, hey, maybe I can do, like, a grand re-re-reopening um, Bob's burger style um, and have a little bit more on there this time yes. rather than just a couple things and maybe rework a couple things too. Um, so yeah, go, go follow my shop. So, you know, when it, when I'm back up and follow me everywhere else Yay. and definitely email us um, and yeah, do that. Share, share <laughs> oh, I'm dropping my microphone. Okay. Yeah. It's time. it's time to go. The mic's like comes up for the go. night. Feyre's <laughs> acting crazy in her crate. Like she has like a little crate mat and it's completely overturned and just she's... chaos over there. It this is. This is Disney movie and we will see you guys next week. <laughs> All right. Bye guys. <laughs>